Welcome back to Kickoff here on Unite Radio. I'm Jamie McCready and I'm so glad to announce that all my links for social media and many more ways are in a very simple place. It's on Linktree. All you need to do is to look up on the internet Linktree forward slash Jamie McCready and you can have access to all of my social media channels on there. Nottingham Forest have just confirmed a six and a half year deal for 21 year old midfielder Danilio from Palmares in Brazil. Jurgen Klopp insists he's not too loyal to underperforming players and says Liverpool will look to bolster their squad in January if deals are available. Bruno Guimaraes could be available for Newcastle's Carabao Cup semi-final first leg next week despite being substituted in tears against Fulham on Sunday. Crystal Palace are among the Premier League clubs interested in Chelsea's Conor Gallagher while Arsenal have made initial contact with Bayer Leverkusen over French winger Moussa Diaby after missing out on Mikhailo Mudrik after he went to Chelsea for £88 million. Michael Beale says Rangers want to sign an exciting player this month amid reports the club are interested in signing Todd Cantwell and Morgan Wicketer. Former Wolves manager Terry Connor's son was subject to racist abuse and comments, but the FA decided to award three points to the opposition when his team refused to play on. Sir James Radcliffe company INEOS has officially entered the bidding to buy Manchester United. The 35-year-old who kicked Aaron Ramsdale in the North London derby at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has been charged with assaulting the Arsenal goalkeeper. Wolves can confirm the signing of Pablo Sariba from PSG for a fee of around €5 million Euros or £4.4 million. Pounds. After the break, I will talk about Liverpool's trip to Wolverhampton. Before I do, here is Diamonds by Sam Smith. Have it all, rip our memories off the wall All the special things I bought They mean nothing to me anymore But to you, they were everything we were They meant more than every word Now I know just what you love me for Take all the money you want from me Hope you become what you want to be Show me how little you care How little you care How little you care You dream of glitter and gold My heart's already been sold Show you how little I care How little I care How little I care My diamonds leave with you You're never gonna hear my heart break Never gonna move in dark ways Baby, you're so cruel My diamonds leave
Harvey Elliott's early strike from distance gave Liverpool a 1-0 win over Wolves in their FA Cup third round replay at Molyneux to set up a tie against Brighton in the next round. It was Brighton who beat Jurgen Klopp's side in the Premier League on Saturday, but a much-changed Liverpool lineup ended the run of three games without a win in all competitions. Wolves pushed hard in the second half, but could not find an equaliser at this time. The first tie at Anfield had been controversial in the game. Wolves had a potential late winner disallowed for an offside that could not be checked by the VAR because of a missing camera angle and this contest began in similarly strange circumstances with a power cut. Adam Traore was about to send a cross into the box when the lights went out. It was not long after the restart that the ridiculous made way for the sublime. Elliot's long, rasping, long-range strike catching out the back-tracking Wolves goalkeeper Jose Sarr. Liverpool played with greater fluency in the first half and came close to a second, only for that flag to go up after Fabio Carvalho put the ball into the net. Although Raul Jimenez had a close-range header deflected over late on, the visitors did not need the second. After being demolished 3-0 at the Amex on Saturday, with Klopp calling the worst performance of his managerial career, the German was delighted to see his side's response on Tuesday night. Everybody got the reaction. It was the reaction that we needed to show, he said after the third-round replay win. The game was completely different to last time. I'm really happy with that. All the individual players were good. It was good and I said to the boys after the game, that's how it feels when you play and win well. That's why we are quite happy. It was a good game. We only get into the next round, but we wanted to get into the next round. It was important to show the signs that these things are possible. There's a massive game coming up at the weekend against Chelsea. If we have played another game like the one on the weekend, I'm not sure what people have thought if they arrived at the stadium. We're compact together. We had good challenges. We played really good football and scored an exceptional goal. Harvey saw something not a lot of people would have seen. I wouldn't have expected it in a shot at that moment. Whether it was a happiness or relief, it was hard to tell. But Klopp is in a better mood after witnessing this response from his squad, so that the desperate players against Brighton, beaten 3-0 on the south coast, with a sense that the group was no longer able to do the basics. That's why this would have satisfied him. We were compact. We were together, he said in the press conference afterwards. He began by mentioning Elliot and the teenager Stefan Besetacic, but ended up mentioning a lot. All the individual performances were good, is what he said. With a big game coming up against Chelsea on Saturday, some believe that this has been restored. Tonight was an important sign to show all in these kind of games, and all are possible. If we had played a game like the last one, I'm not sure what people would have thought. This was a makeshift team in some respects. It was not the template now. I don't think one game after another that it will be the next team for the next eight weeks or anything like that. But Klopp would have hoped that the application can be repeated. Asked for his thoughts on the chance to avenge the result in the FA Cup at the end of the month. He resisted in the temptation to offer some thumping response. An understated reply did the trick. I think the idea is that we try to do better than last time. Lopatelli was frustrated by the cup exit. Looking at the two matches, we deserved more, he said. We scored more goals than the opponent in the first match. All of you know why, he said. We suffer a strange goal in the first half. We start playing well in the first minutes. After we suffer emotionally, we've been out of the match until half-time. We've changed some things in the second half, but we put all on the pitch. Big effort, character, personality. Unfortunately for us, we didn't score. We had a big chance. We had a dream to continue in the cup. Now we have to put 100% effort and the focus onto the Premier League. Today we lost, and I'm sad. Wolves were at least able to confirm the signing of Pablo Sariba from Paris Saint-Germain just before kickoff, and the hope that he will be experienced winger can make the difference for Lopatelli's team in the final third of the pitch. Sariba is a good player, the Wolves coach said. I know him. I think he's a very good at this moment in his career. He's going to help us and with the main aim of getting out the relegation zone of the Premier League. It's going to be a very hard task, but we have one more player to help us. West Brom ruthlessly exposed the 70-place gap between themselves and the National League Chesterfield as they won their FA Cup third-round replay 4-0 at the Hawthorns. The BBC has apologised after a pornographic prank hit in the build-up coverage of Wolves vs Liverpool in the FA Cup third-round replay on Tuesday night. Luis Suarez gets the best possible start to his new club, scoring a first-half hat-trick on his debut against Sao Luis. Wales men and women players will be paid equally for the first time after a landmark agreement was reached with the FA Association of Wales. Referee at the club's World Cup will be allowed to communicate their reasons for VR decisions to the stadiums and TV audiences in a trial approved by the IFAB for next year. 
Manchester United boss Mark Skinner has expressed his confidence that the women's team will remain a key focus if the club were to change ownerships. Chelsea are one of three Premier League clubs who have not given up on signing the Brighton midfielder Moyes Casino during the January transfer window. A man has been handed a three-year banning order after he racially abused Chelsea and England player Raheem Sterling during a game at Villa Park. Rampant Hearts look to take a big step towards finishing third in the Scottish Premiership as they thrashed Baluded Aberdeen by five goals to nil with a four-goal first-half blitz. Leeds United booked their place in the FA Cup fourth round after a near-total dominance against Cardiff earned them a thumping 5-2 win in the third-round replay at Ellen Road. Koyo Farashini netted twice along with goals from Lee Aberdinia and David Turnbull as Celtic eased to a 4-0 victory over St Mirian. Alfredo Morales scored twice as Rangers recovered from Chris Stokes' early opener to bring all three points back to Kilmarnock. Eric Ten Hag has reminded Arsenal that Manchester United were able to beat them without Casemiro after the midfielder was suspended for Sunday's game. West Ham are considering replacing David Moyes if they lose to Everton on Saturday, with striker Mikel Antonio admitted their style isn't working. Leeds manager Jesse Marsh has hit back at the awful reports that some members of his squad have turned on him, branding them as untrue. Tottenham remain interested in the Roma forward Nicolo Zanilio, but only in a loan deal. Jesse Lingard says he turned to drinking to try and take the pain away as his Manchester United career made a big downfall. Manchester City missed the chance to go level on points with third place Arsenal after being held 1-1 at home by Aston Villa. Todd Campbell is set to join Rangers after the Ibrox club agreed a deal with Norwich for the midfielder. Now in other news, former Tottenham defender and Charlotte FC player Anton Walks has died at the age of 25, the MLS soccer club said on Thursday. I wish him and his friends and family all the best during difficult times. Nottingham Forest have agreed a deal with Newcastle United to sign striker Chris Wood. At least two people have been killed with dozens injured following an overcrowding at a stadium in southern Iraq. Once again, I wish everyone there the best during more difficult times. Jim Goodwin insists he needs just more time to complete Aberdeen's transition rather than assurance over his job following their 5-0 heavy defeat to Hearts. The last showdown for the two greatest players, Messi versus Ronaldo, coming up after No Time to Die. Faces from my past return 
Cristiano Ronaldo scored twice on his first appearance in Saudi Arabia, with Lionel Messi also on target. Ronaldo had to wait for his first appearance since joining Al Nasser due to FA suspension during his United days. But his first game in Saudi Arabia was not in an Al Nasser colours, as he joined the team of all-stars from Riyadh's two biggest clubs, Al Nasser and Al Hayal, to take on PSG. Since Messi and Ronaldo shared the pitch for the first time since the latter stages when Juventus' side beat Barcelona 3-0 in the Champions League group stage in October 2020. Messi and Ronaldo had previously met 36 times, with the PSG player winning 16 compared to just 11 victories for Ronaldo. Ronaldo, who left Manchester United in November, was named man of the match as the sides shared nine goals as PSG ran out 5-4 winners in the exhibition match at the King Fayad Stadium in Riyadh. Argentina World Cup winner Lionel Messi opened the scoring from Neymar's pass with only two minutes on the clock. The All-Stars made up for the players from Ajayal and Ronaldo's new club El Nasser equalised when the Portugal captain crashed in a penalty as he was fouled by the PSG goalkeeper Keylor Navas. Despite it only being a friendly, PSG were reduced to 10 men when Julian Brandt saw a red card for a foul. The French side went ahead through a goal from the centre-half Marquinhos at the corner. Neymar then had a weak penalty saved by Mohamed Al-Owais before it was tripped in the area and Ronaldo made it 2-2 just before half-time when he converted the rebound after his header came off the post. Ronaldo's former Real Madrid teammate Sergio Ramos put PSG back in front only for Yang Hu Son to equalise. There was no hat-trick for Ronaldo unfortunately with a 37-year-old withdrawn after an hour. A Kylian Mbappe penalty and a goal from Hugo Ekiti put the visitors two ahead before Andres Talisca pulled one back. The point of the game was for Saudi Arabia to show off Cristiano Ronaldo. Watching some of the pictures from Riyadh this evening, there were quite a lot of empty seats. You had to wonder why Saudi Arabian businessman Musaf El Gamadi paid 2.2 million at an auction for his VIP ticket. There looked hundreds, if not thousands of empty seats there. You could have happened to see the season ticket at the King Fayed International Stadium. You could have really been spoilt this week as it hosted Barcelona versus Real Madrid in the Spanish Cup as well as Inter Milan versus AC Milan in the Italian Super Cup. PSG were paid 8 million to fly over to Saudi Arabia to play in the game. And that's all about the fact that Saudi Arabia want to host the 2030 World Cup and Qatar, who won PSG, want to host the Olympics in 2030. This was about the money and it was about showing off power. Pain and bruised cheekbone, Ronaldo steadied himself before scoring the penalty from the spot for his first goal in Saudi Arabia against PSG and teammates featuring his old foe Messi. Messi had already scored in the Thursday's exhibition game when Ronaldo was flattened in a boxing match style by PSG goalkeeper Navas after about 30 minutes in Riyadh. The city which gained the sporting prominence for hosting a World Heavyweight Championship Boxing in 2019. It wasn't Anthony Joshua but Kaylon Navas who caught Ronaldo flush in the face with a forearm under a high ball. Both went down like fellowed boxes. Ronaldo held his head high but got back, yawned as if to test the score of his left cheek and then sent former Real Madrid teammate Navas the wrong way. By the end of the first half, Ronaldo's cheekbone was bright apple red. But it was all smiles after netting the second goal, smashing in a rebound when his header came back off the post, poking his tongue out. Ronaldo wheeled away in delight and was mobbed by teammates at the corner flag. When Kylian Mbappe checked on the state of Ronaldo's cheek just before the second half, Ronaldo milked the attention from France's World Cup star and pointed to the red mark. Mbappe smiled at him to say, you'll be fine, as if Ronaldo raised his arm in triumph, just like a heavyweight champion in front of 68,000 fans at the King Fayad International Stadium. Although his team lost, Ronaldo edged perhaps the final instalment of Ronaldo versus Messi in one of the greatest rivalries in football history resumed in an unfamiliar location. The Portuguese came off into a huge ovation just after the hour mark, followed by Mbappe and Argentina's World Cup winning star Messi, who warmly hugged by countryman Marcelo Gallo, coaching the combined Saudi Arabian team. West Ham have completed the signing of 15 million for the striker of Danny Ings from Aston Villa. Chelsea have completed the £29 million signing of PSV Eindhoven winger Noni Mukiedi, who become their 6th January signing and takes their spending spree to nearly £200 million. Jamie Carragher has heaped the praise on Manchester City fullback Rico Lewis, hailing the 18-year-old as the perfect fit for Pep Guardiola's system at Manchester City. Spurs lose again at the hands of Manchester City, despite their two-goal advantage. 
Here is Memories by Maroon 5. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Cause the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. Cause the drinks bring back all the memories. And the memories bring back memories, bring back your. There's a time that I remember when I did not know no pain. When I believed in forever. Everything will stay the same Now my heart feel like December When somebody say your day Cause I can't reach out to call you But I know I will one day hey. Everybody hurts sometimes Everybody hurts someday hey, hey. But everything gon' be alright Gonna raise a glass and say hey. Here's to the ones that we got Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not Cause the drinks bring back all the memories Of everything we've been through Toast to the ones here today Toast to the ones that we lost on the way Cause the drinks bring back all the memories And the memories bring back memories Bring back your Memories bring back memories Bring back your there's a time that I remember When I never felt so lost And I felt all of the hatred Was too powerful to stop And my heart feel like an ember And it's lighting up the dark I'll carry these torches for ya And you know I'll never try Yeah Everybody hurts sometimes Everybody hurts someday yeah, yeah. But everything gon' be alright a glass and say, hey. Here's to the ones that we got. Cheers to the wish you were here, but you're not. Cause the drinks bring back all the memories of everything we've been through. Toast to the ones here today. Toast to the ones that we lost on the way. Cause the drinks bring back all the memories. And the memories bring back memories. Bring back your. Guardiola launched an astonishing attack on his players and the fans inside the Etihad Stadium following Manchester City's comeback win over Tottenham Hotspur. The Premier League champions came back from two goals down at half-time to win 4-2, but Guardiola was left frustrated by the missing passion, fire and desire from his team qualities and believed that the leaders Arsenal possessed. I cannot deny how happy we are, but we are too far away from the team that we were, he told Sky Sports in an interview with Pat Davidson. Not in terms of play, we played good enough, but like many things, like all competitiveness, in terms of what we had to do, in many things, we are very far away. Rico Lewis conceded four fouls, but they were not yellow cards because it's Rico Lewis and we don't react. We played because my manager told me to play and this is how we do this, but there is nothing from my stomach or the gut. Today we were lucky, but we wouldn't have changed it. Sooner or later, we are going and going to drop points. We are missing passion, fire and desire to win from minute one. It's the same with our fans. They are silent for 45 minutes. They booed us because we are losing, not because we played badly. We played good. We had more chances, expected more from Tottenham. The Lily White's expected goals were 0.89, so we were better. They booed because we were losing, but maybe it's because the same of our team. Maybe we are so comfortable winning four Premier Leagues in five years, and that's why... We, you know, after the goal, they react, but that's not the point. Asked whether the fire had gone out of the Manchester City players, Guardiola added definitely. Otherwise, we wouldn't concede a goal in the goals that we conceded in every single game. We would give the goals, but and today we were lucky, but after, we will not be so lucky. How to get City back? That's my duty. That's my job. I want my fans to back me. I don't want my fans here. Not the my away fans. They are the best, but not the fans here at the Etihad. 
They support from every corner and the action and support it. We had to do it, but everyone is relaxed. The Premier League doesn't wait. We have the opening with Arsenal and there is fire. Two decades they haven't won the Premier League and every player knows that they will make history. Like we felt when we won the first Premier League and broke all the records and won it back to back. We don't just have the fire inside and we don't just have to ask anything. I explain the reality and that's everything. I'm so comfortable. And the opponents don't wait. Of course, I'm not happy with my team. I don't recognise my team. My team is always has a, has a passion and desire and run and everything. It was scathing, wasn't it? Michael Richards told Sky Sports. When we normally see Pep's interviews, they are very sarcastic. But today he came out and was almost like he was saying he's had enough of the situation of producing something good. But no one seems satisfied. We are going to start going and talking about the fans. It's in difficult situations. But when the fans boo, it's never acceptable. But like it's taken real personality. I thought that the interview was like at the end of his tether. Carragher, it was a brilliant interview. It was a brilliant interview, Jamie Carragher told Sky Sports. Pep Guardiola had not been in the position that often where he feels that he has to send the rocket to everyone. Not many managers can get away with criticising their own supporters. Jurgen Klopp did it in his early time at Liverpool when a lot of supporters left before the end of the game. He'll be fine. It's not going to lose the supporters. He's God here to the supporters and he knows that. Guardiola reiterated many points that he made in his Sky Sports interview when speaking to in the press conference immediately afterwards, describing City as happy flowers and his team and, of course, insisting that Arsenal will destroy them unless they change. I'm incredibly happy, but if we don't change, we are not going to win anything. I have to see something different from my team. The love in our life is the passion for something. Our fans are so comfortable. We are comfortable. Are you not going to tell me that we played bad in the first half? Absolutely not. We had the problem in the first four Premier Leagues in the five years. And Arsenal have the two decades without the Premier League. Except Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko. Every ball in every action. And every corner and every duel. It's there. We miss it. We don't have it. Do you think I said something special at half-time? Play bad? No. We always play good. But that's something that's not about it. We give away two goals. Today it was Eddie or Rodri. The next will be the right back. And then the centre defender and so on. Of course, you have to do it. It's the passion from Julian and Rico and Nathan. From right now, we don't have it. The fans, they come here to give them something to be excited about. They expect, oh, we're Manchester City. We don't have to do it. No, we don't have to do it right now. The tendency of human being when you show that you've won a lot is, ah, I should do this. I should show that. No, you have to work. You have to put in the fire there. In every ball, in every action, in every situation. If we want to do something, we have to come back. This is a challenge. I want it. Our fans have to come and push us. Demand more. Have to shout, come on guys. I know how good you are. You have to show us. We score a goal. No, I cannot be 2-0 down to react. Nine times out of ten, you don't come back. Today we were lucky. We are not able to come back every time. I want the reaction for all the club, the whole organisation, not just the players, the staff and everyone. We are happy flowers team. Happy flowers. Ah, it's good. No, I don't want to be a happy flower. I want to beat Arsenal. But if we want to play in the way that Arsenal will destroy us, Arsenal will beat us. I want to see my team. Burnley winger Jason berg Goodminton has won the Skyrack Championship Goal of the Month award for December. Arsenal are close in signing Sapir and Poland central defender Jakub Kazawar. A Spanish judge on Friday ordered that Brazilian footballer Danny Alves will be jailed on remand without bail over an alleged sexual assault over a woman in a Barcelona nightclub. Eric Ten Hag says Manchester United know how to beat Arsenal again, but believes the Premier League leaders have improved since their defeat to Old Trafford earlier this season. Rebecca Walsh has become the first woman appointed to referee a men's championship match when she takes charge of Birmingham versus Preston on Saturday. Arsenal have completed the £27 million signing of Brighton attacker Leonardo Trossard. Celtic are close to an agreement with K-League side Suwon Blue Wings to sign striker Huyen Gol-O. Rangers manager Michael Bill has confirmed he is keen to add the Belgium under-21 international Nicolas Raskin to his squad. Arsenal boss Jonas Avedin says he lack of female coaches in the game is a big problem, describing it as the most undertapped resource in professional football. Juventus have been deducted 15 points for financial irregularities, while Spurs transfer chief Fabio Parasetti handed a 30-month ban from Italian football. Daniel Jebbinson's first league goal for Sheffield United since May 2021 secured a narrow 1-0 home win over Hull City. Scott Twine's stunning free kick saw Burnley come from behind to beat West Brom 2-1 and move another step closer to an instant return to the Premier League. 
Union Berlin have agreed a deal with Celtic worth up to 10 million to sign right back Josip Janovic. After an interest from another Premier League club and abroad, Dan Juma has decided to join Everton on loan until the end of the season. Koro Fashuni hits at the 20 goal mark for the campaign as the Celtic man beat Morton 5 0 in the Scottish Cup. Norwich continued their resurgence under new head boss David Wagner as they saw off a spirited Coventry to win 4-2 at the CBS Arena. Liverpool and Chelsea played out a goalless draw at Anfield and the recent struggles of the team were both laid bare on a cold afternoon. West Ham recorded a much-needed 2-0 victory over Everton. As a result, heaps on pressure manager Frank Lampard and leaves the Toffees stuck in the relegation zone. Even Ferguson came off the bench to earn Brighton a 2-2 dramatic draw as Leicester City, as the hosts, missed a big chance of claiming the first league win since the World Cup. Sam Sturridge scored a late equaliser to deny former club Bournemouth an overdue Premier League win as Nottingham Forest snatched a 1-1 draw at the Vitality Stadium. Jal Ferreira rescued a point for Watford in a 1-1 draw with Rotherham, but the result did do a little to help their automatic promotion chances. Dwight Gale has ended a 50-match goal drought as Stoke claimed their first point of 2023 with a 4-0 thrashing of Reading. Burnley battled their way to a 1-1 draw with Championship Bristol City at Ashton Gate despite having captain Daniel Alia sent off. Three pitch invaders briefly halted the game as an away day special Preston inflicted the fifth straight league defeat on Birmingham in a two-win win at St Andrews. Leeds were held to a 0-0 draw by a resilient Brentford in a lively game at Ellen Road, as neither side were able to make a major inroads in their contrasting Premier League bids. Jesse Marsh's Leeds team were hoping to put distance between themselves and the bottom three, while the Bees, on a run of eight games unbeaten, missed the opportunity to climb into the Leeds' converted six. Points are crucial for us at the moment, Leeds forward Jack Harrison told Sky Sports. Brentford are a tough team to break down. They need to play deep block and make difficult for teams to penetrate. The stalemate would suit Brentford better, having now reached the 30-point mark in a record time, the quickest in their top-flight history, while Leeds continue to sit precariously above the relegation zone, one point ahead of Bournemouth, who sit in the 18th position. The Bees goalkeeper David Raya was tested by Rodrigo on a couple of occasions, as he also denied Wilfred Gronto and Brendan Aronson. With Leeds notching up six efforts on target to the visitors' zero, but Brentford's backline proved too stubborn and resolute to be breached. It was a frustrating afternoon for the home side, who were in desperate need of all three points after winning only two of their previous 16 matches in the top flight, the fewest of anyone in the division. There had been 14 goals shared in the three Premier League games between Leeds and Brentford before this meeting, making it logical to assume the latest encounter would be packed with goal-mouth action. Unfortunately, the reality was somewhat different. The visitors probed in the first half, while Leeds responded in the second, but neither side did enough to warrant a winning outcome, in a scrappy and disjointed contest, with Brentford unable to land a single shot on goal. Brentford's Raya was by far the busiest goalkeeper. He produced the afternoon's decisive save when turning inside Gronto's second-half effort, but the quality and cutting edge in the final third underwhelmed throughout. Leeds club record signing Gino Rutter was an option from the bench that Marsh chose to overlook, instead producing Patrick Bamford late on, who offered more focal points up front. The striker provided Luis Senorita with a sight of goal a few minutes from time, but the substitute got the ball caught under his feet before bringing crowded out. Leeds fans held their breath as Brentford's right-back Marcel Rusleff stole at the far post in the closing stages, only to fire disappointingly into the side netting. The Leeds manager Jesse Marsh, we're disappointed not to come out with more, but the performance was really strong. We are stable. Even on set pieces against a good team, we looked in control. We lacked the last action quality, but quality will come. A strong tactical performance, clean in so many ways. There is momentum. It doesn't necessarily reflect the result, but we can tell we're playing better and better. Brentford are very stable defensively. Their defence so deep, so breaking down them is not easy. We know we can score goals. It's not been easy for us to get clean sheets. Really strong at the back. We are in a really good way. Points in the league do come at a premium for us. It's not easy, but we're going to keep getting better and better. The Brentford manager Thomas Frank. It was a nil-nil game. Neither side managed to create a big chance or a big moment. We defended very well, giving very little away. We showed great mentality and attitude. On the day, we didn't show enough coolness. In the second half, five or six opportunities to create a big chance, but we didn't do that. It was a final quality that we lacked today. Leeds played with great intensity and pressure. They are so difficult to play against. Today, a very difficult away ground. 
I always want more, but I feel like the foundation and the solidness and the way that we defended. We are unbeaten in eight, and that's very difficult in the Premier League. Usually you can do that in the top six. When you can't win, for whatever reason, you get a point. Jesse Marshes is insistent that his team are close to clicking. It's just the final action that needs refreshments. Problems in getting the final action correct is not only the most difficult thing to do in football, it's the most crucial. Leeds were not close to achieving success in the final third, as their optimistic manager suggested after the game that they were much improved defensively. An encounter that only was one in rich in goals and a goal mouth action failed to deliver either. Leeds had played plenty of cut and thrust as they worked the ball well in the second half spells, but all of David Rye's six waves were on routine and that never fall to tilt. Perhaps the start of a pragmatic Leeds, perhaps we as onlookers, we need to temper our expectations. Under Marcelo Bielsa, the Yorkshire side thrilled week in, week out, but that proved to be unsustainable in the world's most competitive league. It was a landing Leeds in trouble. Marsh's side did not entertain in the same way, but they are building a solid foundation. Centre-half Max Wobber looked indecent on his first Premier League game. Maybe the record signing Jorginho Rutter, a forward who should be afforded the same opportunity to impress. What's next? Well, leads their action into the FA Cup on the weekend as they travel to either Accrington Stanley or Bournemouth for their fourth round clash on January the 28th. Marsh's side then return to the Premier League action with a trip to Nottingham Forest. Then the Whites host Manchester United on the following weekend with the matches against Everton and relegation rivals as well, including Southampton, ending their schedule for the month. Brentford's elimination from the FA Cup means they have the next weekend off. The Bees return to the Premier League with a home game against Southampton on February the 4th with a kick-off at 3pm. Frank's side then have a trip to London, a London derby against Arsenal and Crystal Palace later in the month before travelling to Manchester United on February the 26th. Talking about Frank Lampard, Everton have sacked manager Frank Lampard after he was in the job for less than a year. The Toffees have suffered a poor run of form, meaning that they are in the bottom three in the Premier League, with no wins in the last 10 games in all competitions. They were beaten at 2-0 by fellow strugglers West Ham on Saturday and currently are sitting 19th in the table, only one place above bottoms Southampton. Lampard's dismissal following Everton owner Farad Mashori attending his first match since October 2021 as the Toffees made another defeat in London at the London Stadium, their third consecutive loss in the league. The former Chelsea boss was appointed at Goodison Park at the end of January 2022 and although he helped the club to avoid the drop last season, he leaves Everton with 15 points from 20 games. That's three wins in the term. The worst victory record in the division. They last won a league game back in October when they beat Crystal Palace 3-0 at home and are now in the relegation battle and they could be facing championship football next season. But who's the next manager to take charge? Well, managers like Sean Dyche are linked with the Everton job and they could be taking stage in the absolute battle for relegation next season. Could they be playing championship football? Well, let me know. All you need to do is to go onto my Instagram, jackjimjam.official and go onto the Instagram link, click on the website link and then all you need to do is fill out the form and simply, I'll get back to you, and you might be able to go on the radio. Here is Take Me to Church. My lover's got humour, she's the giggle at a funeral. Knows everybody's disapproval, I should have worshipped her sooner. If the heavens ever did speak, she's the last true mouthpiece. Every Sunday's getting more bleak, fresh poison each week. We were born sick. Heard them say it My church offers no absolutes She tells me worship in the bedroom The only heaven I'll be sent to Is when I'm alone with you I was born sick But I love it Command me to be well
Erling Haaland scored a hat-trick against Wolverhampton Wanderers as Manchester City maintained the pressure on Premier League leaders Arsenal with a 3-0 win. Wolves defilled the home side for much of the first half before Haaland took charge, heading in a De Bruyne cross. He added into the second half from the penalty spot early in the second half and completed the hat-trick with a straightforward finish after Jose Sarr's error. Only his substitution spared Wolves to take Haaland's Premier League total for the season in 25, in just 19 appearances. The mini drought of goals he hasn't scored for two games ended with a header against Tottenham on Thursday evening. A new streak has begun. Haaland's treble was also the strongest ripsoast to claim that Manchester City had become a worse team, in the terms of style at least, since the strikers' arrival last summer. Guardiola said, when he scores, I don't know how many hat-tricks and goals people say. He is the solution in our team, and when, we do, when he does not score, he's a problem in our team. That's a great vision, and these kind of things. We know his quality. We know each other. He's not a player to have dropped. We cannot play in a false nine with him. We have to adapt to him, and I think we're doing quite well. The result temporarily closed the gap on Premier League leaders Arsenal, but remains five points clear at the top of the league after Manchester United lost at the Emirates by three goals to two later in the day. Wolves remain just uh, just outside the relegation zone ahead of Bournemouth on goal difference, which isn't good for a team that was in the Europa League under Nuno a few years ago. Pep Guardiola had been frustrated with the players in midweek, criticising the lack of fire when there were periods of the game in the first half when intensity was lacking, but the trust in the combination of De Bruyne and Haaland broke the deadlock and City did not look back. The lively Jack Grealish had a strong penalty appeal denied and saw sorry, a shot cleared off the line by Nathan Collins in the minutes after the opening goal as the Premier League champions up the tempo. Wolves made three substitutions at half-time, but it didn't help. Ruben Neves tripped Ilkay Gundogan inside the penalty box soon after the break and Haaland did the rest from the spot. His third goal might have been even easier, laid off for him unselfishly by Riyad Mahrez after Saar passed the ball straight to the winger. The Algerians thought he had a goal when De Bruyne played him, but was narrowly offside, and with Haaland's substitution, Wolves were spared further punishment. The debate about Haaland's impact will continue at City, but his scoring really does speak for itself. Haaland has overtaken Sergio Aguero in the 2011 and 2012 and 2016 seasons. He has just 18 goals in 11 Premier League games. That's insane. De Bruyne has also assisted Haaland five times in the Premier League this season for Manchester City. The most assists by one player for another player in the competition this term. Haaland has scored 25 goals in the Premier League this season, overtaking last season's Golden Boot winners Mohamed Salah and Human Son, who got 23. Haaland has scored his fourth Premier League hat-trick for Manchester City in what was just his 19th appearance. The fewest games taken to score four hat-tricks in the competition's history. The previous record was 65 appearances by Rod van Nistelrooy. John Stone spoke out after the game. He said, we did so well after the other day. After the game, we were frustrated with ourselves and the manager made that clear. We knew that today we had to hit the ground running and set a good tempo. And I think we did that. Whether or not Stones' manager is completely satisfied, we can predict that he was almost satisfied with the team's performance and, of course, Haaland's hat-trick. Asked afterwards whether he would still describe the Manchester City players as happy flowers team, Guardiola said, it's getting better, but it's just one game. I have to wait. Lopatelli, though, said, we deserve to lose. In the first half, we were not able to overcome and arrive to them in the opposition box. In these kind of games, you are the only defensive phase you're going to suffer at the end. After we suffered the goal, we tried to change a lot of things. When you change three players at half-time, it's not the fault of the players. Maybe it's the fault of the coach. We deserve to lose, but I prefer to lose in one way. We have to try and damage the opponent. In the second half, at least, we tried to damage them. I was not happy, of course, but I was more worried about the first half than the second half. Well, Manchester City now turn their attention to the FA Cup in a blockbuster match in a fourth-round tie at home to Premier League leaders Arsenal on Friday and kick off at 8pm. The City then face another North London club in Tottenham for their next Premier League game on the 5th of February. And then City is busy for the February schedule. Sees them host Aston Villa and then, of course, Arsenal three days later. A trip to Nottingham Forest is followed by their Champions League last 16 first leg at RB Leipzig before travelling to Bournemouth at the end of the month. A very, very busy schedule for Manchester City. But Wolves, on the other hand, Wolves' FA Cup exit last week means they have the next weekend off, with the next big game being a home clash against Liverpool on February the 4th. Lobatelli's side then travel to Southampton, host Bournemouth, and then go to Fulham in their remaining fixtures next month. 
Let's talk about Arsenal. Eddie Nketiah's last-minute goal saw Arsenal beat Manchester United 3-2 in a thrilling contest at the Emirates Stadium as the league leaders restored their five-point advantage over Manchester City. Marcus Rashford gave United an early lead with a brilliant run and strike, the forwards' ninth goal in nine games in all competitions since the World Cup finished, the most of any player in Europe's big five leagues. However, Arsenal soon levelled through Nketiah, whose powerful close-range header made it 18 goals in his last 26 starts for the club. Mikel Arteta's side went ahead for the first time thanks to Bakayo Saka's fizzing drive from distance eight minutes into the second half, but the game was not over. But United were back on level terms six minutes later as Martinez scored his first goal for United, taking advantage of Aaron Ramsdale's mistake to float the ball into the net. But there was late, late drama as Nketiah touched the home Martins Odegaard makeshift shot, further improving his score stats and a tense check for VAR by the video assistant referee the roof came off of the Emirates Stadium. Arsenal were now top. The teams with 50-plus points at the halfway stage in 38 Premier League games this season. 55 for Manchester City in 17-18 and Liverpool in 19-20. No team has ever, ever lost from this stage apart from Liverpool, who did it twice. As a result, Arsenal restored their five-point lead over second-place City, who had beaten Wolves 3-0 earlier in the day, while United, who, whose loss was described as a reality check by Eric Ten Hag, remained fourth in the table and now lie 11 points off the leaders, who also have a game in hand over their title rivals. The player ratings, though, they were very good for Arsenal, seeing Nketia, Zinchenko, Martinelli, Saka, Odegaard and Granit Xhaka all getting 7s, 8s or even 9s. Manchester United were still quite good seeing the back line getting 7s and 8s with De Gea getting the best alongside Rashford with an 8 rating. The man of the match was Bukayo Saka. This was the battle of the Premier League's two most informed teams and it showed what a pulsating contest in the capital it was. A throwback of some of the fiercest title meetings in the, these arch rivals are used to and having on regular basis in the late 1990s and the early 2000s. United missing the experience of key Brazilian holding midfielder Casemiro through suspension was under immense pressure early on by the leaders. Only whether it was the opening who scored 15 minutes later, Manchester United. The home team carelessly lost the ball, allowing Rashford to pick up possession midway inside the hostess half and the England forward nutmeg Thomas Partey before finding the bottom left-hand corner with a bullet of a strike from 25 yards. But that lasted only seven minutes as Arsenal tore into the opponents, levelling matters with a sublime goal as Granit Xhaka's generous left-wing centre was headed in by another informed England forward in Ketia, unmarked at the far post. The 45 minutes flew by in the first half, with both sides going close to retaking the lead, but the Gunners who struck in the second half sent the Emirates wild. Saka's cut in the, from the right in the 53rd minute before arrowing it a low drive from the far corner past David De Gea, and he couldn't get past him. His hand was outstretched, but it went in. Back came the visitors through a thrilling end-to-end contest. The normally reliable Ramsdale is at fault as the keeper palmed the corner straight to Martinez as a defender somehow managed to loop the header over Gabriel on the line and into the net. What an amazing goal it was. The home team who handled Leandro Trossard in the second half debut pushed hard for a winner in the final quarter but a combination of outside the post which denied Saka in the second half and the brilliance of De Gea who initially kept them at bay until Nketiah's late intervention in one of the games of the season. What the managers had to say. Mikel Arteta said it was emotional that the team had a lot of passion and a lot of quality and it doesn't get much better than that. After the derby, a way to come here and play like that as a team, the way we played, the performance that we had all over the game and especially in the second half, it was incredible to win it in the way it was, makes it even better. What did Eric Ten Hag have to say about it? Well, he wasn't too pleased calling his side a reality check and needed two games head-to-head -head really close. It's hard to accept that in the end. When you lose in the final stage of the game, it can't happen. It's not good enough for Eric Ten Hag. Two huge games where they should have got points against Arsenal and Crystal Palace. At least he should have got one point from the game the other day. But from Crystal Palace, the amazing free kick from Elise did deny them th all three points, of course. But that's now their season over for challenging for the title, I think. I think Arsenal will win it. I didn't think so originally. I thought City could keep up, but maybe not. Arsenal are just too good. The likes of Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus, despite him being injured, are just key in the team. I'll be seeing you all next week here on Unite Radio. Come back and join me Wednesday, 5 till 6. Kick off. But now we're going to give you a few songs for the last 10 or so minutes. I'll be seeing you all next week.
that she won't believe me And it's so, it's so sad to think that she don't see what I see But every time she asks me, do I look okay? I say When I see your Okay 